Yasate. Thanks for tuning in to Drive Home Movies, a film analysis and movie review podcast where we take a look at the newest features and forgotten gems through, by default, a queer lens. This is your host, Sumner Morimenio, and uh, last week, you know, we, we looked at a movie from like 15 or so years ago, and we approached it with a sort of psychoanalytical point of view or approach, and I thought, whoa, that got really serious, so how do we balance that out? So this week we're gonna, well, well, Jackass came out. <laughs> And I gotta be honest, when this, um, when I was looking at like uh, the uh, the calendar for like movie releases, and Jackass popped up, and there was nothing sort of in between of like a month of movies, and I thought, oh, fuck, like how the fuck am I supposed to review Jackass? Or, I mean, I guess y- you could review it, but in terms of a plot or narrative or you know, going into any sort of film analysis, it's it's just simply not there. But then I got to thinking about the culture around Jackass and the millennial generation and us kind of growing into real life adults now and, you know, how that plays out from that sort of behavior into adulthood. <laughs> Whether we're actually all adults now or not, I'm not really fucking sure. Um, So we're going to take a look at Jackass Forever today, or actually not really, we're really just going to be taking a look at, um, you know, when Jackass started and how that influenced, I guess, uh, punk culture, just like alternative kids in general and you know, what what that did to us in terms of humor and lifestyle and whatever other bullshit. So, um, hey, if you were born before then and you're interested in things like uh, Warp Tour and uh, MTV, then cool, take a listen because you saw it. Or if you're younger and you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, this could be kind of educational. Anyways, um, hey... Here we go. I didn't know that. <laughs> they should uh, let you know, like give you a warning. Like, are you sure you want to record? Because we're going to tell the yeah. other person. Because <laughs> that's very awkward. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> so I am here with my good friend, Destin Dern. And um, before we get started, the fun little tidbit I wanted to say was when I first moved to Orlando, uh, one of my favorite stories to tell people is how Blockbuster was closing that year. Yes. (laughs) And it was like our first year of being friends and we just went around and raided all the Blockbusters. We did. Yeah. (laughs) We went to multiple Blockbusters. We got movies for like $2 each. And it was awesome. It was. And then I remember that same year, you also showed me a racer head. Oh, yes. And I showed I... a lot of people a racer head, <laughs> and some of them don't talk to me anymore because of it. <laughs> I fucking hated it. I fucking <laughs> can't. But since then, in the past few years, I've gone back and watched like so many other David Lynch films, but a racer head just 
confused me and scarred me so much as yeah. an 18 year old that I haven't gone back to it yet. Eraserhead's not my favorite, but I feel like it's the first one everyone needs to see because it's his first major film and it's just so bizarre and it just, yeah, you're either going to not <laughs> want to pay attention to it because you don't know what the hell's going on or you're going to dive way too deep and think you know what's happening, but no one ever does because even David Lynch hasn't given away what the movie means. I don't even know if he knows, honestly. It's just it's just art. Well, good thing we're into art because here we are covering jackass. <laughs> here we are. So uh, why don't you go ahead and for those of uh, listeners who don't know, tell us about yourself. What do you do? Well, I guess... The main thing I do is I create videos. Um, That's what my focus. I went to film school, but I'm also self-taught in filming, editing, all kinds of stuff like that. So I've done like music videos. I've worked on, you know, major short films. I've I've, uh, film school. We were working on bigger productions. I've worked on a few TV shows doing PA work or or set design, um, art art department. Um, I've done a little of everything, but but right now I'm like uh, focusing on YouTube stuff, trying to uh, get my own YouTube channel going during skateboarding. Um, so I'm just doing a skateboarding thing with my brothers. We just kind of started it. So we're trying to see how that goes. But surprisingly, there's a lot of there's a lot of money in YouTube once you get it going. So we're going to see how it goes. Are you I was actually going to say this for the end, but you just brought it up by the time this comes out on Monday there's a there's a big announcement coming on your youtube are you allowed to share it yet oh yeah it's that uh so my youtube was destined Dern, and i'm actually gonna post this tonight on it i was trying to post it before we did this but i didn't edit it in time so basically the announcement is my channel destined Dern is switching to Dern skateboarding because and i'm gonna post weekly on Dern skateboarding because my brothers want to be a part of it but it's kind of weird if we're going uh... off of just my name so I'm like, okay, okay, let's do Dern skateboarding. That makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense. And then they'll put more effort into it. And we can it's easier to include your friends and whatever instead yeah. of just being destined Dern. Like it seems like everyone's making the content for me. And I want it to be more of a community thing, like not just a one person kind of YouTube channel. And I think it's early enough to make that switch now. So yeah. Before we get too far in the subscriber count, I wanted to. That, that's the big announcement. That's fucking awesome, though, because I don't I mean, I don't remember when they started getting represented, your brothers or you. But I remember it was sometime in the past 10 years when we would get free monster in your garage. Yes. And it's grown so much since I then, know. Which is yeah, awesome we would see. have we would have pallets of monster energy drink dropped off at the house. We told them once that we were having a party and we met like a 20 to 30 person party. And they had like, they gave us like 600 cans of monster energy drinks. We, it lasted like six months. It was insane. <laughs> oh, fucking monster party. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're not sponsored by monster anymore. Um, in fact, none of us drink energy drinks anymore, but it was at the time. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right, so we're not uh, doing a full review of the new Jackass movie. Um, one, because what fucking narrative? <laughs> like, what, what kind of film dissection can we do for a yeah. Jackass movie? So we're going to get more into the culture of it, like uh, 
being a teenager and a millennial and where kind of life has brought us to now. But um, one thing I didn't realize going into the movie um, was the new people. I guess I kind of knew there was new people. And I know some people in your YouTube videos are like close with them as well. So I guess just kind of like in passing and seeing your content like posted online, I just kind of like had like this like idea there was, but I guess I never really thought about it. And there's one part in the movie, there's this new guy in there named Poopies. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I leaned into you at one point. I said, who the fuck is Poofies? And you said, that's the new guy who's in one of my videos. <laughs> I felt like such a piece of shit. <laughs> no, I mean, you shouldn't. Because really, some of these new guys don't have a huge following yet. And people are just now learning about who they are. Um, Poopies has been on nothing before this he's made youtube videos and surfed you know he's a surfer and he's he's been on a couple of steve-o's youtube videos if you follow steve-o that oh, like okay. hardcore you know he's been on there and i think steve-o was most likely the one that recruited him um because they're kind of friends um but yeah he was down to get really <laughs> crazy and um i don't know if you know this because it wasn't in the jackass movie but you know they did a shark week special and he actually got bit by a shark and his hand Shut the fuck um, almost got torn completely off. It was crazy. And, and they couldn't use it in the movie because they were it was just like an advertisement for Jackass during Shark Week. They're like, hey, we're doing a new movie. It's coming out next February and we're going to do some stunts with sharks. And basically, Poopies tried to get on a wakeboard and jump over a pool of swarming sharks and didn't make the jump like he was supposed to and fell right in the middle. And one of them just latched onto his hand. And he had to get airlifted to a hospital. He almost lost his hand. And when I met him a few months ago, this was probably six, seven months after this had happened. Um, he still has like gnarly scars. He can't uh, close his hand all the way. He doesn't have full function. He has a lot of the function back, like a miracle. But but yeah, his hand is just fucked up. Did, and they, did they use the commercial? No, yeah, it's in. You can watch it. It's a whole episode. It's an hour-long feature. They do other stunts, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, Steve-O's in it. Johnny Knoxville's in it. And they do some stunts just involving sharks. And they go in the middle of the ocean to do it. And, you know, they. I feel like they are so used to doing these stunts with animals. And they've had close calls, but they're always lucky enough to make it out with minor injuries. And they, Johnny Knoxville said, like, this was, like, top like two or three worst injuries ever on jackass and it wasn't even on officially jackass <laughs> on a discovery channel shark week episode and then discovery channel said it was the first time ever in history of shark week that they showed someone actually getting bit by a shark mm. but yeah if you if you go on discovery channel or discovery plus or whatever you can find that episode and watch it it's pretty gruesome they show everything it's it's wild Jesus Christ, I don't know if I want to watch The tone it. goes from happy and fun to like <laughs> real dark, super fast. <laughs> um, so I guess with that, um, before we move on to like stuff that really doesn't even have to do with Jackass, yeah. do, you, do you have a favorite stunt? Um, there's a few really good ones from the movie. Mm-hmm. I think there, I mean, 
you know, everything's subjectable. And I think that there was some weak stunts and then there was some really funny ones, but the ones that had me laughing uncontrollably were the silence of the lamb stunt where they <laughs> turned the lights on out on them and just poked them with cattle rods and led them into like that hallway of pans. It just got crazier and crazier <laughs> to the point where the Zach ass guy was just climbing over the mouse trap and thumbtack like walls they set up to get out of whatever situation he was in. Um, that was funny. And then the cup test I thought was whatever at first, but the fact that it kept going and they just kept doing it to the same person, like the danger Aaron guy, <laughs> it, by the th third time when it was the hockey scene, I was just laughing. So hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot and about then, that one. And then my third, I'll just do the one more, uh, the final scene where they're spinning around drinking milk on whatever contraption that was and they start puking. And you think that's like good enough, but then all of a sudden these tanks roll up and they start firing like paintballs at them. <laughs> and then Wee Man comes out in his little mini tank and whatever <laughs> else. That, it's just escalating the more and more ridiculous shit that it was just, I, I that was the funniest part of the whole movie, I think to me. I, I, I'm gonna agree the Silence of the Lambs was like number one throughout the whole movie. But then yeah. the last merry-go-round part and yeah. what fucking nailed it to me is I feel like movies, whenever they include like a, like a classic punk song, it's a, mm -hmm. always trying to be like edgy or something. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the most grand epic use of a misfit song. <laughs> I think they play hybrid or where no, eagles dare. Where eagles dare. Yeah, yeah they, they start blasting just in a uh, complete and utter war zone. It was, was awesome. I was fucking crying. Yeah. And there, um, there was a lot of other really good stunts, but those are off the top of my head right now. Those are the ones that come to mind. So I agree. Um, this movie, this movie had the most, how do I word this? Dicks. <laughs> had the most dick. Had the most it dick. Did. And, you know, I was going to get to this later, but you know what? We might as well get into it now. Um, as as a young closeted gay kid a lot of um i don't know a lot of stuff that was popular at the time like i didn't feel like comfortable around because i felt like you know that's not something like they like i didn't feel welcome to it but jackass as hyper masculine as it was <laughs> like it, it's really a bunch of guys just hanging out naked doing yeah. dick jokes which oddly enough was very inviting for me well i mean their logo is a rainbow for like dick house productions <laughs> and they true. have like the cock noise and it's all gay jokes you know like <laughs> they love it like it is and you know i remember when i moved here i one of my first jobs i was like a server at a movie theater so I remember I when Jackass 3 was in the theater I was working at, I noticed because like I always had like a weird connection. I also had like grew up in a household with all guys. But so I had this weird connection with Jackass. I thought like not a lot of like other gay guys would. But I remember a lot of the time whenever I went into the Jackass theater, <laughs> it was like gay couples. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what's cool that they do like, yeah, there's. I guess in the beginning, maybe a decade or so, I forget like from now, but you know, there was a lot of gay jokes, but I, it never felt like, it never felt disrespectful. It was almost like, yay, gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, 
Very true. I mean, you got to get disrespected at all, in my opinion. I think that they're just having fun, and I guarantee, like, they have gay friends, and they're all about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's something, especially, like, uh, around punk culture that I think, you know, diversity is embraced for the most part, you know, yeah. unless you get into, like, skinhead world or something, but that's something. Right, but no, different. yeah, equality and all that, it's very, yeah. very much present. Um. So... Start off, do you remember when you started watching Jackass? Yeah, well, it was definitely in middle school when it was out. So probably 2001, 2002. I don't think I knew about it when it first, first came out. But everyone started talking about it at school. Like, oh, it's this show on MTV. You got to watch it. And I remember like just finding it on MTV randomly. Like I would never know when it was coming on, but I'd be young in my room and just flipping through the channels and find it and just be fascinated by what they were doing. Like, this is so cool. And they were skateboarding. They were doing just weird stunts, jumping into bushes or flying off of cars. They were doing all kinds of weird stuff. And I was just all about it. And every time I saw an episode, immediately the next day at school I'd go and talk about it with my friends like did you see this one I saw this one last night and it was it was crazy like like they were jumping out of shopping carts into the bushes it it was it was crazy and and me and my friends would just talk about it all day at school I I remember I yeah it was probably around middle school too and I liked it a lot but I remember when Wild Boys came out which is Steve-O and uh, Chris Pontius yeah right yeah yeah and I remember that's the one I felt like, oh, this could be my thing because I like animals. <laughs> yeah, they got really gross on that show, but it was it was a good show as well. Um, when I first started getting into Jackass, they, they branched out. They did Wild Boys and then and then Bam did Viva La Bam. So I was always trying oh, to yeah. find Viva La Bam. They did those at the same around the same time, at least. Yeah. And Viva La Bam really set the tone of like my style back in the day. I was like, this is the coolest human being on earth. And and I learned so much from music bands. I still listen to to this day. I learned because of Bam and that show and even Jackass, like they were always playing punk music on Jackass. And that's still the my favorite genre of music. So huge influence from middle school to now. Do you, did you, were you already skateboarding you and your brothers or did that happen after um, the show came out? I was just getting into skateboarding. It was probably 2001, 2002. Um, I think 2002, I got my first skateboard. I would ride around on my friend's skateboard before that. So maybe it was in 2001 I started, but for sure I was skateboarding in 2002. I saved up money for a skateboard. And then on my 13th birthday, 2003, I, well, actually it was, it was late. Let me think. I think it was late 2012. Um, I had my 13th birthday at Fan Skate Park and that skate park had just opened. And then my brothers came and skateboarded for the first time that night. And we just never stopped. Like I had my party at the skate park and the next day we just begged our parents to go back. And so they took us back the very next day. And then we were at that skate park at least four times a week until they closed in 2012. So, oh shit, the one at the mall. Yeah, yeah, the one at the mall, Festival uh, Bay Mall. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was on iDrive. That was our favorite place on this planet. 
and we spent so much time there. We would, our parents would drop us off between like 10 and 12 in the morning and we'd be there till they close at 10 at night, like multiple times a week. We, <laughs> we just wanted to skateboard all the time. I believe. And it was at that mall. So like if we got bored, we'd go see a movie or get lunch and mm-hmm. they had all that other stuff there. So it was, it was a great place, but. Oh, uh, that's fucking awesome. I remember my first, um, skateboard yeah i owned a skateboard before you told me you told me <laughs> it was i remember it was black with red skulls and i thought i was so punk rock listening to good charlotte yeah. <laughs> i remember when you and i went to a warp tour one year and cky played mm-hmm. you were like i have to see see cky because i owned a skateboard once <laughs> which is funny because they're just a good band but <laughs> they are so ingrained with the skateboarding culture because of yeah. you know viva la bam and jackass like cky yeah. on those shows but it always made me laugh and i always remember that you were just like oh, we gotta see the skateboarding band cky <laughs> You know, I laugh at that, but like I also actually loved like NoFX and I still do and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so <laughs> when did so like as far as physical pranks and stunts, um, when did that start coming into play? Because the influence from Jackass onto what you have done, like humor-wise yeah. or prank-wise, um you know, the influence from Jackass is, is very prominent there. Um, so I remember like you and Jordan, our, our friend Jordan, you guys started taking like parkour classes some years back. Yeah, we did. And I'm wondering for a while, was that for just like for shits and giggles or because it was like, maybe we should stop getting hurt? <laughs> no, it was to probably get hurt more. I mean, we were trying to do front flips off things. We would want to learn front flips and like back flips and then we would barely land one on a trampoline or onto a mat at the parkour class. And then the next day we're like, all right, let's go film. And we'd like try and front flip like off of a ledge and like just land on our ass, like in some grass and it would hurt way more. But I lo- I wanted to learn parkour because I thought it would in a weird way, help me with my skateboarding. And just, oh. I just wanted to learn how to do more stunts and it looked fun. So that's what that was all about. As far as the pranks, I've just always been a fan of pranks uh, growing up. Like I, I would watch Candid Camera with my family or we had these like weird VHS tapes that had pranks. Like, I don't know where my grandpa got these things, but he gave them to us and they're like, you, you can't do this on TV or something. And it had a weird cartoon logo, but they were doing like really bizarre pranks and these VHS tapes, like hamburgers coming out of fax machines or, or there, there was, there was this one, I swear to God, it, I tell people this and they're like, you didn't, this isn't a thing that happened, but they did a prank where they were in a bowling alley and everyone was in it on it in the whole bowling alley, except for this one guy that goes to the bathroom. And while he's in the bathroom, everyone takes all of their clothes off and underwear. They're completely naked and then goes back to what they're doing and bowling and, and whatever they're doing. So the guy comes back out of the bathroom and just looks around and he's just shocked. And, and then he just goes and sits down and he's just weirded out and doesn't know how to react. And, it's so funny <laughs> but um yeah just all those prank shows and then scare tactics like any kind of prank show oh, i'm a scare fan of. tactics yeah yes i so always then, thought yeah go on well i'm just saying like um my even my old youtube videos like i would 
there'd be a storyline but if we could incorporate some kind of prank like going up to like people randomly on the street like like oh we have to there's a scene where there's going to be a party so i'm gonna put on a weird mask and go up to this like stranger and be like hey do you want to party with me and just get their reaction like i was all about it i was gonna say about scare tactics i always thought i'd be able to like conquer the shit out of that show but then like I guess that's what I would say when I was watching it with friends, but in like my alone time, I would think like, I don't know, could I? <laughs> I I feel like if I was on that show, I would do something drastic that they wouldn't know. Like they wouldn't know how to deal with. Like I'd jump out a window or something to escape the situation. Like it could be on the second floor. I'm like, I'm out. And I just jump off. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> so you were just talking about your older YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> A very specific thing I wanted to bring up. All right. <laughs> That's your Sonic video. Yeah, that one got popular. Popular, but also uh, even watching it, like, I think in the past year or two, I've watched it again. It's so well, I didn't show it to you in the last year. <laughs> um, so, I mean, even just like a second ago, we were talking about kind of the humor that is to unique to the, I guess not even just jackass but really that time um I think a lot of people of our generation specifically embrace this incredibly fucking stupid nonsensical or nothing matters type of humor um maybe a bit of a weird question but where do you think this type of humor comes from Uh, ah I don't know I mean I guess I think that you have to have friends around you that are like-minded and you know maybe when if you jump off of you know something and and get hurt they want to do it too and I don't know like I mean if I I have friends that will legit like just bring out a mousetrap and slap their hand in it just to make people laugh you know there's something about like getting hurt (laughs) I mean, there's a line once it gets too crazy, then it's like, oh, shit, like go to the hospital. Like this is serious. But <laughs> but a lot of people just find humor into watching people get hurt. I mean, that's why fail videos are so popular. Um, and then pranks are just I mean, confusion, like doing a stunt and even in front of someone like like I, I did the thing where I lit my arm on fire in front of people or, <laughs> or I lit my pants on fire and people are just confused, like what just happened? And I act like I was just smoking a cigarette. <laughs> And, and, you know, just confused looks on people's faces. Just, it makes myself laugh. It makes my friends laugh. So that's, I don't know. I just want to make people laugh. And I think that's the reason behind all of it. Yeah. And I mean, slapstick humor is literally like as old as film itself. Um, yeah. So I get that. The only, the, cause I thought about this question too. The only thing I, I really came up with was that like the kind of like Wall Street 80s scene and even into the 90s, I feel like just, like 20 30 year old like men or that generation which is very like serious and cool yeah yeah so like as kids of that generation i think it was kind of like like a rebellion yeah yeah being, yeah like i'm <laughs> not to the punk rock thing like i don't want to be yeah. serious bro yeah i want to i want to make my friends laugh and i want to do a cool stunt and get epic footage on camera I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I tell people all the time um, when we're doing crazy stunts, uh, 
I tell people, you know, pain is temporary, but footage is forever. <laughs> so once you get that like cool stunt, like yeah, you might hurt your ankle or or whatever, but that'll go yeah. away. But that's that footage is there for people to laugh at forever. And you did you made something cool, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot of these stunt guys, I, I've met a lot of people in the past like couple years doing these stunts and skating and like you know the biggest thing that people are after is like i want to get another good clip i want to get another good thing to post online and and you know make people laugh or go viral like like i want i want to be that guy that just has the coolest gnarliest clips <laughs> and and that's like like they're not even doing it for money or or whatever or not even fame as much they just want to have cool content and make people laugh yeah and have fun yeah it Speaking is fun. fun so i would be you know it's 30 something year old men now which is weird <laughs> to say <laughs> reminiscing yeah. on this time i feel so very obligated to bring up warp tour warp tour which we were just talking about before with like cky yeah. <laughs> you know at the time it was like the epitome of uh music and now being 30 as now being 30, I feel like um, like looking back and like having a better feel for time, you know, when we were teenagers, the punk movement of like the 70s and hardcore scene of the 80s, like wasn't that far behind us. But I guess, right. you know, in like the early 2000s, it feels like, you know, you're only fucking 15, 16 years old. So you feel like it was forever ago. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, at the at the time, it's weird because I think in like our own little punk bubble world, it was kind of like this band's not punk enough or that band's emo or that one's metal, blah, blah, blah. But looking back, it was all like really just the last true generation of like punk music. And yeah. it's kind of weird, like coming out like into the 2010s and now in the 20s and thinking like, OK, it's been over a decade. Where is it? <laughs> And there's kind of like a little like revival of it. But now that like a decade has passed, it's like, you don't know what like, you don't know what punk or, or I guess pop punk is the is the big comeback thing now. Yeah. But I guess, do you think that this is another like weird open-ended question, I guess, but like Warp Tour was not only huge for like its blending of genres, but like focus on like punk and alternative and skate punk bands, but also incorporated for those of you who never got to go or didn't get to go in the early years or the prime years of Warped Tour, they had a lot of extreme sports there. They had uh, BMX and like skateboarding and like all that shit yeah. there. Do you think that, I guess like what, what influenced what like culture wise, like did punk culture influence skateboarding and extreme sports or vice versa, or was it a bit of both? And I guess I'm asking just because I'm as knowledgeable as I can be in like the punk world, but you know, skateboarding world, I don't know that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's both. They're, they're definitely very separate things, but they come together so nicely. Um, you know, a lot of skateboarders, listen to punk a lot of punk bands even skate um like like that teenage bottle rocket band like they, they, all those guys mm -hmm. skateboard and stuff they have songs about it oh, cool. um harley poe that you know that horror punk guy i mm -hmm. like uh he skateboards 
he's talked to me about skateboarding. Like it's just a thing that goes hand in hand. And I think, I honestly think a big thing that kind of brought the two together and, and for sure made it a thing is the Tony Hawk video games because they had such a good soundtrack. And I remember when I started skateboarding, like, I don't know if I was like super into punk yet, but I knew that I had to play, I had to play the Tony Hawk video game because it was about skateboarding and then playing it and hearing the music. I was like, okay, I, I like this. I'm going to look up the band. <laughs> yeah. I got to find this CD. I'd go to like Walmart to look for like a CD from like the dead Kennedys or something. I'm like, they don't have it. Like, where can I get this? <laughs> I had to figure out where to get this music from. But, but once I figured it out, you know, like I just kept diving deeper and deeper so really like skateboarding helped me get into punk rock and made me realize like, yeah, this is like my favorite kind of music. And I know it's like that with a lot of people and, and you know, there's skateboarders that don't listen to punk, you know, there's a whole hip hop side of skateboarding and, and, you know, even today, like skateboarders listen to, listen to whatever, but, but punk rock is very much like a huge part of skateboarding. It's in all the skate videos. And, and so one that i don't think one influenced the other but they came together so nicely like peanut butter and jelly that it just it just stuck and that's the it's it's beautiful yeah i that makes sense and what you said about the tony hawk video games really just like it already being a thing but then solidifying it that makes a lot of sense yeah because i forget what documentary i was watching but it had it had a lot to do with uh skateboarding and urban and street culture but it had a lot of hip-hop and kind of urban culture and skateboarding together and I remember thinking that yeah. was weird fuck I don't remember what documentary sorry but there was there was a lot of hip-hop songs even in uh in Tony Hawk though too like that's uh, also been another side of skateboarding yeah so it, it's there I, I guess I remember <clears throat> kind of like what you said, like introducing to music, but what was so cool about like the Tony Hawk soundtracks, I remember it was Senses Fail, like covered Institutionalized. Yes, I remember <laughs> then, that. Uh, like My Chem. American Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Astro Zombies. Yeah. Astro. So was it was kind of like these newer alternative bands covering old punk bands. So it's like the bands you liked now, but like also educating you about important essential punk music too. Definitely. Yeah. So I hate to say it like this, but like <laughs> talking about Warp Tour and going out and skating. Um, kids these days <laughs> kids these days don't have that you know they don't have an incentive no. to go outside they're they're so computer driven and tech driven and there's yeah. not really like an outdoor culture like when we were kids and i yeah, guess not like there was no and even the music reflects this today which is weird because like you think of like we were the last generation and this is really why i bring it up just because it's so weird being 30 now and still feeling young but looking back and seeing that we were truly the last of like a certain type of lifestyle yeah um, and like like but what i was saying that the music today like reflects that like you know in our day like the last like great band of our time like was still like loud alternative rock but today everything is like very ambient like electronic or 
rap influence, maybe like some alternative influences too, but it's much more mellow than what it was. Definitely. Um, you know, there are still kids that are younger today. Like I, I, I even hang out with some of them that are really wanting to get into skateboarding and they, or they want to do stunts and, and they'll go outside on a regular basis and they know that they want to film stuff, but it is getting less and less, um, you know, their phones have taken over. People are trying to do TikToks and, and that just involves them dancing in their room half the time. So it, it's weird. It's weird. You know, people are like video games are way bigger now. They're, they're crazier the graphics. Yeah. Like people are playing Fortnite all day and doing nothing else. <laughs> they don't want to go outside. When I was younger, you know, we didn't have the internet where it was now or it wasn't as good so I wasn't playing video games all day like online I was wanting to go out and ride my skateboard that was the most fun thing I could do and you know we were getting hurt and then and getting used to getting hurt and it wasn't a big deal it's weird yeah I I wonder how it's going to be in like 10 years from now even if if even less kids are going outside (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) yeah I guess yeah, it was more just, yeah, just a passing thought. <clears throat> well, one thing yeah. I noticed was, you know, each generation is kind of defined by like, like a rock genre, like not even necessarily pop music, like, you know, I think 70s punk or glam and then 80s hair metal, 90s grunge, and then, yeah, you know, so on and so forth. And then 2000s or 2010s, I should say, it's like, no, none of that. We're just EDM. <laughs> That's very true. It's so weird. And yeah. I hope that I hope that rock comes back eventually. I, I feel like it is a little bit right now. Is, yeah, but it's not there yet. Not to where it was. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting for it too because whatever's going on, you know, there's still music, good music coming out. Especially bands like you know we've been listening to that. A lot of classic bands are still putting out good music, but a lot of newer bands they're they're very few and far between. Like with rock, like it's hard to find a good new band that that is putting out good rock music in whatever genre like subgenre it would be i agree Um, hopefully you know in 10 years maybe maybe that'll change maybe and hopefully in 10 years we can get uh touring festivals back too (laughs) yeah i know because all we have now like that's another thing i noticed like of our generation i remember one summer um there was okay so first for a good handful of years, we had Taste of Chaos like yeah. during the winter, and then Warp Tour, Ozfest, and Mayhem Festival like yeah. all in one summer. And now it's at a point where you know there's just one festival kind of a few hours away that has a mu- lineup that like maybe you'll get some of maybe those bands on it. Yeah, it's weird how you know there's all these one-off concerts in different states. I mean. I guess we have Welcome to Rockville in Florida, but then, you know, Riot Fest is in Chicago and the When We Were Young thing, if that goes off how it's supposed to be, is in Vegas. And <laughs> they have, see. you know, the Coachella thing. And it's it's just like one-off big festivals and they'll stack these major lineups. But it's it's weird that, like, we don't have a legit, like, touring festival, like you said, anymore. Warp Tour was doing it and Taste of Chaos back in the day, but that's just not a thing anymore. It's and I guess I didn't notice that until recently. It's it's weird too, because like 
a lot of these bands will be like on a touring circuit too. Yeah. And then they'll stop and do those festivals, but then go back to like (laughs) go their separate ways. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to Georgia. Okay. I'm going to North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Well, any any final thoughts on kind of like that last generation of music and being outdoors? Um, I think we covered it. I just, you know, I, I think it's healthy to go outdoors. So if <laughs> younger kids for some reason are listening to us talk about this, then I encourage them to, you know, try and skateboard or try and go out and play in the dirt, do something. <laughs> Don't just look at a computer screen all day because my life feels way better. Like being active, it helps yeah. you be fit and it's just more fun. I don't know. You know what? I was going to save this kind of sobriety talk for the end, but I think that's a good segue of, you know, living life, going outside. So, yeah. and also like a lot of bands that were like on Warp Tour and most of the guys in Jackass or whoever was in this movie, they're, they're pretty vocal about um, being sober now. Um, I listened to this interview with Burt McCracken from The Used, and he, he made a couple cool points how, like, our generation was, like, angry <laughs> and yeah. whatever. And I, I think it does come from that whole, you know, generation of the Wall Street parents and stuff like that. But what's also cool is that our generation has kind of like really embraced like therapy, mental health, and we don't really have to get into that, but also sobriety just like in general. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of weird to think like, you know, this was going to see bands who are obviously drugged or drunk out of their mind or going to see jackass who are like fucked up for the movie. And now... We're in our 30s watching them like all perform and do shit and like, you know, scream on stage or like, yeah, uh, I don't know, slap each other's dicks on camera, but we're all sober now. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think, do you think it affected the movie or like, I don't know if you've seen any bands recently that have like kind of like found sobriety or anything, but do you think it affects it in any way? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes drunk people are funny. And, you know, like (laughs) you watch like the first Jackass movie and Steve-O's drunk out of his mind doing some of those stunts, you know, he probably did make it a little more funny. But then he was sober, I think, by Jackass number two and has done everyone since then sober. And he's always one of the biggest parts in the movies. Mm -hmm. He always does gnarly stuff still. He always makes you laugh. It's Um, his laugh. As far as bands go, I mean, bands playing drunk sometimes just doesn't work. And I've gone to shows with you and we've seen the band super drunk. They're bands that we see multiple times. And some nights we're like, oh, they sound really good tonight. They must not have got like drank as much. And so I don't know, sometimes being sober and performing in front of any audience is just better because, yeah, sometimes you might you know, be more funny when you're drunk, but most of the time you're just gonna look stupid. So <laughs> I, I didn't realize uh Steve was sober since the second one. Yeah, I mean he almost died. He was so bad. Yeah. He was the worst, like out of all of them, with yeah, the amount of drugs and and mm-hmm. drinking he was doing on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. you know, they they kind of had a 
intervention an intervention thank you um they had an intervention with him and you know he really changed his ways and he's been sober for so long now um and he talks about it and he he's just doing great but i remember one time he did a stunt where he had his full body got burned he like i think he like did a flip and landed on some metal that was like set on fire so the metal just like completely ripped up his back and his skin was falling off and it looked disgusting Mm -hmm. and they put him in the hospital and they're like you are in so much pain we have to give you these pain like killers and he's like no i don't do drugs anymore i don't do and they're like no you need this you need this and and he like lasted for like a few hours and he's like all right all right yeah give me give me (laughs) him but then he made it out and he's like been sober still like i mean i don't think that counts but like it's just so crazy because if you look at the old footage of Steve-O and see how wild he was tearing holes into his apartment and like, oh, like yeah. putting the speakers in them, trying to get his neighbor's attention and throwing stuff out, out of his window. And, and then him going to like the hard rock and destroying like glass window displays. And, and just, uh, I think he went on some talk show and like punched one of the hosts cause he was so drunk. I mean, <laughs> it's so crazy to see how much he changed and, how he's just way better off now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I positive. Remember, I mean, yeah, like the the stories and shit are fun. I remember we went to go see his stand up like some years ago, and like his stand up was pretty much him reminiscing on like his fucked up stories. But yeah. it was kind of awesome because he'd tell these stories and they're fucking horrendous and sometimes fucking funny too. But at the end of it, he was like, but hey, I'm fucking happy, healthy, sober, and I'm not dying. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's cool to watch him. Like, I, I him and him and Chris have always been my favorite. Um, and I, I just like his fucking attitude towards doing the stunts, <laughs> just his fucking laugh in general. And yeah. I noticed like, like high or drunk or not it didn't fucking matter you could just tell he was like almost high off of just doing like stupid stunts themselves and it was just almost like infectious and like so i don't know i just smiled the whole fucking time as gross as some of the shit was like i was fucking laughing the whole time yeah i mean that's what he lives for that's you know he just wants to he's an entertainer they all are all the guys from the jackass movies they're just want they want to make people laugh and entertain everyone and they're having fun doing it and you know even when they're sober it doesn't change so it's pretty awesome we used to do that remember a night called escape yes <laughs> we just wanted to make people laugh and entertain them and we weren't getting paid very well but we would do it <laughs> we didn't give a shit looking no, we were just having fun and we wanted to do it, it was awesome. i remember it was like um Mike, God bless. I'd be like, yeah, I spent like $37.50 on this. And he was like, okay, here's 40 bucks. And I was like, fuck yeah, I made $3. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't know, do you wanna do you wanna give a summary to what escape was? Um, I can tell a brief summary and then maybe you can elaborate on it, but it was basically a nightclub event that Sumner and I and our good friend Mike Stone and then Wesley. And in a few others, um, we all started it and basically it would be a big party and it was, it was always themed. So it was a big costume party 
And in the middle of the night, we would do this crazy stage show. Sumner would be the opening act and he'd, you know, do, go out and do his thing, a weird performance, usually with awesome music. And then the curtains would close and then Sumner would be back on stage with me and Wesley and I would host this fucked up game show and we would pull people up on stage and I'd make them spin a wheel and they had to spit on people or make out with a stranger. And then we had a, a game where we would poke hot dogs through like glory holes and they'd have to like suck them out of the holes and spit them into a bucket. And whoever, whoever got the most in a time limit would win a prize. And, and all the prizes came from Fair Villa, the sex store, or, or we'd give away a $50 bar tab. So people would just get trashed and wasted like at the end of the <laughs> night Monday night <laughs> and, and sometimes the shows would get put like pushed back so far so we'd do the game show at like midnight and then by the time the person won the $50 bar tab they only had like an hour to spend it so they were just like <laughs> chugging drinks dead on their way out they're like blacked out did they have to use them that night yes <laughs> yeah we kept telling the club like hey like Maybe it should be for the next month. And I think we did that once. And the person that won it was like, I'm not going to be here next month. And they were just upset and forced the club to allow it for that night instead. And then we just went back to giving it away for that Uh, night. But yeah. hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much um, exactly as you said, that's exactly what it was. I, I mean, at the time it kind of, kind of like what we were talking about, like warp tour, like, you know, at the time when it's happening, you don't realize like what it is. But looking back at Escape now, um, not to brag or anything, but I think it was like almost every year we did Escape, it was always nominated by Orlando Weekly for Best Club Night. Yeah. And just looking back, like I remember even going through pictures, it's like I know everyone's faces just because like we were there every month. But like to look back at like what a, a... it really was like a, a culture like that it like turned into not even by our doing it just it just happened um and i don't know i guess i guess just being my age now and also being sober now it's kind of like fuck i wish i kind of like took that in and made time to like be friends with people more instead of taking it like so seriously yeah. um but so yeah i well also like another thing like I think kind of like what we were saying with Warp Tour and like last generation of going out, like that was also a night for like alternative people to get them out and doing things. You know, a lot of people who like maybe didn't like going out, but you know, there's a costume contest. So it's like they got to work on something creative that month and then come out and yeah. kind of like meet people like kind of like, you know, same shit and who are also into like alternative music and shit like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we met a lot of people doing it and there yeah. were so many people that we never even spoke to that were just there and they had their own group of friends. Yeah. And it was just, we, we would have, you know, sometimes like four or 500 people coming through in one night. It, it was a, impossible to meet everyone, but yeah. I still have people that meet me, you know, downtown or, or out when, when I'm just shopping at, at a store and they'll be like yo you're Dustin Dern I used to go to escape and I'd see you on stage like that was yeah. like that was one of the like best club nights ever in Orlando why aren't you doing that anymore you know like it like people still talk about it and yeah uh, it's awesome like that so many people that enjoyed awesome. that goofy stuff we did but we were doing stuff that you know we we made that club night the way it was because 
that's what we would want to attend. And it wasn't being done anywhere else. So we're like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's make this the craziest kind of costume party fun time that we could, we can make it. And, you know, people loved it. So we were lucky, but yeah. Yeah. I remember forever. No, at the, I mean, that's okay. Like yeah, burnout, not fade away. Right. And I remember like at the time, there were people or like people I'd meet and they'd come and be like, I want to like be a part of your night, blah, blah, blah. That was awesome. And I remember at the time thinking like, there's no, like, we're not hiring. (laughs) This is just, this is a group of friends who wanted to do like fun, stupid shit. And we just did it. And I think that, that, that honesty in that, or just the truest intentions of that is what made it so big and weird. Um, we got really weird. Yeah, we got weird. Um, and I just want to, I already told you earlier, but, um, whether I get into school or not, like, this is where I started off, like experimenting with performance art and tomorrow, I didn't even want to bring this up because I'm so fucking nervous and trying to get my mind off it. But I have a, I have an interview tomorrow with my number one choice school for grad school And like the basis of getting into this school is very heavily reliant on performance, like based art. And to think that it, it literally started from like (laughs) this fucking club night too. Um, So yeah, like at the time, like I, I was, I was definitely invested in like the creative aspect and like, you know, I got to do like my intro performance things where I really tried a bunch of stuff out. And then you guys, you being you and Mike mainly, um, yeah. the the intro videos started coming out and just going to meetings and watching you guys go back and forth, like developing the games was just a fucking highlight. And that was a part yeah. where, you know, I knew I knew what I should concentrate on and what I wanted to focus on being my performance stuff. And I could I could add, you know, critique or suggestions, but you and Mike making those games and the prizes or stuff like that was fucking, it was crazy. It was crazy and it was awesome and fun. It was so much fun, but it was so stressful because I, we always felt like we had to top ourselves as the night goes. It's like, what are we going to do next? Like, what is the craziest thing? Like, I remember we would just do the most random crap, though. Like, we we had my friend Scott dressed up as Ronald McDonald, but, like, a really shitty-looking Ronald McDonald with smeared makeup. And, like, it was a yellow polo that we just, like, sharpied on a red M. And, like, he did not – he looked so bad. And we would hide him in, like, the side of the stage, like, in a box or something or, or behind a curtain. And so in the middle of the show, like, there's already 20 minutes has happened he would just like pop out and run out and throw hamburgers at people or, or something weird and, and then run off stage. And I would always play it off. Like, Whoa, what, what was that? Like and some people would laugh and some people wouldn't, but afterwards I would go back there and me and Scott and Mike, we would just be dying laughing. Like, Oh my God. Like that was the funniest part. And it was so stupid, but like just doing that stuff like that was my favorite part. And then like, Mike like just wanting to get so ridiculous with like some of the controversial jokes and like I would want I would do it too and and 
we're just like let's push the envelope and and oh, we it's just not happening today <laughs> yeah but we would like yeah but we would get like like i mean those videos were just sex joke poop joke sex joke like one yeah. after another and it's just like some people thought it was hilarious and some people were just like disgusted but they kept coming back because they wanted to see what we did next <laughs> And you know why people loved it? Because there's people probably love shit like jackass. Yes, <laughs> <Do> exactly. You... <laughs> like... Yeah, and I guess that's that's why I kind of brought it back to Escape or wanted to bring it up just because it has been a while. And should should we mention our our, our supposed plans for Escape? Yeah, we can. If, if they're still happening, <laughs> we haven't talked about it in a while. Okay, yeah. So uh, the late and great Mike Stone passed away a few months ago. We miss him absolutely fucking terribly. And right after, um, you know, a lot of people were like, no, I had, I, I don't know. I'm just going to fucking say it. I had some people messaging me like, hey, we're thinking about throwing another escape. I'm like, the hell you are? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um because we were already working on it it was right. like a, a week or so after we, me and Destin had already talked and we were planning on throwing one last um or or an additional escape in memory of Mike and his life and all the proceeds were going to go to his family unfortunately the club that we were going to have it at um we had a date and then it was right in the middle of a shitty time and we would have had to rush it which we did not want to do we wanted to do it right and do it respectfully and unfortunately the club just kept saying yeah yeah i'll get back to you i'll get back to you or then the owner would be like urgent with the managers and the group text like guys i really want to make this happen get him dates tonight and then the next day i'd be like hey where are the dates so long story short uh kind of fell out of the club but you know that the idea to do one last or or another escape in memory of mike um is still in the plans uh sorry it didn't happen sooner but it yeah. is still something that it's not off the table right right i think that it would be right to do one more even yeah. and, and you know we don't need to rush it but like it'll happen it'll happen yeah. when it happens and yep. hopefully it'll be sooner than later. But, but you know, we, we just wanted to make sure that it'll be right, like yep. done correctly and, and respectfully. And, and, you know, we, we've already planned a little bit for it. And, you know, once we get a solid date locked down and all the right people together, you know, we'll make it happen. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I already kind of mentioned it like a second ago, but... Um, that that jackass influence on escape you know it seems to kind of just it kind of just goes into I guess you know I guess sitting here with you thinking about it now (laughs) you're my my one friend that kind of encompasses everything that is jackass and like that whole generation of like skate punk and stuff as yeah. many goth shows as we've been to as well. Um, so I guess was that was that influence of Jackass like on the escape and the humor in it? Was that something in mind, or do you think it's something just kind of like literally worked its way into like your life? Um, I think that you know, Jackass definitely influenced some of the things that went down at Escape, but Escape had a lot of 
influence um, from different directions. But Jackass and CKY and and like you know the Bam Margera videos, those were those were definitely an influence to some of it. Some of the humor, some of the jokes are very similar to some of the Jackass jokes. Um, I think uh, one time we we came out on stage, the curtains opened, and we were we came out to a CKY song one month. And so, so yeah, Jackass is a huge role in, in like everything I do. Like it, it's just such a huge influence on my life uh, with skateboarding, the stunts, everything, you know, it's, it's always been something I love. Um, so, so yeah, it definitely helped influence some of escape for sure. All right. I, I think that's all I got. I think is anything, anything you wanted to, uh touch on or anything we didn't touch on anything you want to say about um, any of the subjects we kind of got into um i could say one thing mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting that a lot of people don't know is that i have i own well my family owns a major prop from the first jackass film and you probably what? wouldn't know what it is <laughs> what is yes. this um so in the first movie there was a scene, it was supposed to be the original ending of Jackass. And I don't even remember if it's in the actual cut of Jackass. I don't think it is. I think you have to watch the bonus features, but it's like a Rube Goldberg machine where one by one, each guy gets hurt. And it's like a chain reaction where like Steve-O falls into a bucket full of worms and poop and then pukes into a bucket and it lowers. And then like Wee Man gets like flipped onto this like big thing. And then Someone somewhere during the stunt gets like a, a bunch of bowling balls start chasing him down this weird ramp that curves. Mm-hmm. That ramp is in our backyard. It's called the Fiber Rider, and it's painted uh, brown and light brown and tan. And if you look at this scene, you can find it on YouTube. I'll send it to you later. You mm-hmm. can see it was painted light blue during the filming of Jackass, and and I don't know how they got a hold of it, but. We bought it from someone else that that use it for skateboarding. So I think like they must have known this person and was like, "Hey, we want to use this thing for this stunt, or or can you design this big machine?" And they're like, "Oh, I know where to get a ramp that'll be perfect for it." Anyways, that that thing that was filmed in that scene is in our backyard, and I don't tell enough people that because but every time I do, they're always like, "No way, that's so cool!" Like that's the thing that <laughs> they're running on, cool. getting chased by the bowling balls or whatever. That's but yeah, that was just a that was a random thing to talk about. Hmm. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, all the other notes I had, we kind of went over. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. You had fun. Yeah. That's good. Let me know if you ever want to do this again. I'm down. Okay. Sounds I good. Enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Say bye to everyone. Say bye. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs)